Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good chef. No. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns. Back with you after a mini buy and a weekend full of football. Johns, it's too many Chapel buys Hill. this week. Too many buys this week or this Not season? This week, this season. Sorry, this season. Okay. Um, that's true. Yeah, I. I mean, I kind of like them. When is the real bye week? December, right? It's like two weeks. It's a really late bye week. They have two games. They play the they play the Lions this weekend, then they play the Vikings on Monday Night Football, assuming that it doesn't get flexed. By the way, we'll actually find that out by today, I believe. Um, I don't think it'll be flexed. It, uh, Josh Dobbs is like one of the biggest stories in football right now, and it's still the Chicago market. Uh, and then... Could be back. Should be back. And then after... Yeah, after the Monday Nighters, the bye week. The real bye so, week, not the mini bye. Yeah, the real bye. The Bears had a lot of schedule favors this year, and they're not really taking advantage of it. One of them is actually this week. They have a four-day rest advantage against the Lions, who just came back from the West Coast. You think it's really going to be an advantage? <laughs> no, but it is one of the reasons why I think they're going to cover this week. It's nine and a half? I got the Bears covering this week. little tease there for Thursday's yeah. episode. Bold predictions. Uh, there, there you go. Um, Bold predictions. There you go. Uh, how was uh, Chapel Hill? It was nice. Went and saw nice Drake campus. May. Very scenic campus. Um, I was yeah. walking to the stadium. You literally walk through the woods. Was not expecting yeah. that. I'm used to just the stadiums being surrounded by parking lots. This one was in the middle of campus where you literally walked through some wooded areas and all of a sudden, boom, football stadium. I thought that was really cool. That's a cool area of the country. I mean, I've been to Duke three times now, both for basketball and football. Even the drive there from the team hotel to to the stadium, it's cool. It's it's nice, and uh, it sounds like they have some decent quarterback play there in North Carolina, too, which we're going to get into. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can follow the show, at Hogan Johns, as well. Merch up at HoganJohns.com. Always powered by Obvious Shirts. Johns has the hoodie on. You have uh, a caramel today. shirt on. A caramel Obvious I do, but actually, I actually, this is made by, Joe hooked me up with these, too. This, uh, this is an Obvious Shirts yeah. shirt. It's special order. Because 
I wanted to give them out to our top special teamers this year. Is, is, so is these that all your, that, that, that's your that's your line right there. Every yard matters. How often does Adam Hogue say that? Please tell me. You oh, scream a couple it. times. Oh. It's, it's it's a message in the meetings. Yeah, you don't break down the huddle. I'm not screaming it during the games. Every yard matters. Well, on sometimes, three. No. sometimes I am. Some yeah. sometimes I am. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that towards the end of the podcast, but. Uh, Rough exit from the playoffs, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but you had a nice little weekend with Drake May. We're gonna we have Nate Tice on the show today. We haven't had him on in a while. We're gonna get into some of that conversation with Drake. Before we get to to that, kind of a non-update with Justin Fields yesterday. The Bears did have a practice. Originally it was supposed to be a walkthrough. They switched it to a light practice. Um Flus basically said nothing about Fields' availability. I think he's playing this week. Do you? See, like I heard an update in there. Well, one, I think going through individual work as opposed mm-hmm. to just a walkthrough day, I think that's progress. I think the Bears wanted to see that. And hearing Flus say, well, we got to see him in teamwork, team drills. Like that's the next step. It sounds like he's on the path to, to fully being cleared for this week, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't play against the Lions. I really would be. Yeah, if he doesn't play this week, I'm going to start to wonder about what's really going on. Then he on. can really go through your conspiracy theories there, Adam Hogg. Well, I just, yeah, I mean, because it seems like at that point he's ready to go. Who's holding him out and why? But we're not there yet. I think he plays this week. So do I. So Not an easy um, matchup to, to come back to, but... To the NFL, man. But you never know what's up Maddie Riffloose's sleeve. <laughs> Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? I love that. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> what's up yours? <laughs> what's up yours? So good. So good. Um, and then so Khalil the key Herbert. Words there are, the key words in that response are up yours. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I <laughs> Get it? See, read oh, between the it. lines. Keywords up yours. <laughs> we we yeah, I got it. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or I don't know what's up yours. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to shorten that to just the what's up yours part. There you go. Okay, gonna <laughs> gonna need that. All right. Um. Well, should we see what's up Nate Tice's sleeve? Let's do it. Yeah, we love having Nate on the show. It's been um, a while. It's been a while, and um. But he was nice enough to jump on with us and lengthy conversation about all types of college quarterbacks. Of course, he loves Justin Fields. He's a C.J. Stroud guy. So um, don't worry. We talk about Justin Fields in here. Just kind of delayed it a little bit. So plenty of Fields talk in here as well. But we covered a lot and uh, always love having Nate on the show. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. And he does the uh, Prospects to Pros podcast on the Athletic Football Show feed. Make sure you subscribe to that because uh, if you want to if you want draft coverage year-round, I mean, Nate and Dane Brugler talking draft every week is incredible. It's awesome. Um, it's the best way to keep up with draft stuff during the NFL season. Yeah. So I highly, Especially if highly, you're uh, fans of a team that might have like two top five picks. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, you're gonna want to check that out for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and bring in Nate Tice. All right. Well, with this mini buy and sort of a reset for everyone here with the Bears, thought it'd be a really good time to bring in our friend Nate Tice 
back into the program up really early out in the uh, Las Vegas time zone. Yeah. But West we Coast. were just talking to off air. You have you, you have a little one. We're, we're hearing yeah. he's like a little Mike Tice. I'm yes. loving the picture picturing that like mini Mike Tice. Yes, he uh, has the same head shape as me and my dad, which is uh, mine at least gets like hidden a little bit because I have a little bit of hair still, but his and I always wear a hat anyways, but his uh, there, we took one picture of them together and my dad saw it and they looked like had the same head. My son was very bald for a little bit. Uh, He lost most of his original hair. And then my dad was, you know, he was trying to hold on to some scraps of hair, you know, having like a number two all the way around. And when he saw the picture of him and my son, because they have the same head shape, they're both bald. He's like, yeah, I'm shaving it all off. I, I can't be frizzy like that. That's just not a good look. And that, I'm just glad my <laughs> grandson is what inspired him <laughs> to, or his grandson to inspire him to finally shave it off after all these years holding on. That probably started in Chicago, actually. So a good, it was a good decade <laughs> run with that frizzy hair. So he's going to grow up to be a, a tight end, an offensive yeah. line coach. Oh, uh, his hands in the dirt. Yeah. Like no matter like uh, we look like at already. him so yeah. all right. His arms are so long and I'm not gonna make a mistake like my dad did with me, where he's like, he's gonna be a quarterback. And it's like, no, just come on, let's not fake this. You're a tight end, left tackle, D end. My uncle who coaches D line at Kansas, he's like, he goes, We do three tech. We get him at three tech. We get him at four. He was getting trying to give him a four point stance and stuff. So we know exactly what his path is gonna be if he sticks with football. <laughs> the world needs guards, man. World, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's highly paid now. It's a profitable position. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bears could still use one, I think. Yeah. Um hey, uh you know, I it felt better starting this this interview with that instead of, you know, bringing up how you and I, the pride, we still have those Wisconsin helmets over our shoulders right now. But I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want the breakdown of how the hell we lost to Indiana and Northwestern on back-to-back weekends. Indiana one was actually like, that one hurt because that's like not a team I'm used to like, even like having competition with, especially in football. So that one, that one hurt. Northwestern's always been the bogey team. So like that one, like didn't hurt as kind of like, I was like, yeah, it's Wisconsin Northwestern. But man, this is rough. <laughs> I'm not yeah, used to this. I don't know what's going I'm on. Nice in the middle ground. They might be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl, which actually is one uh, one positive. I actually was wearing a Wisconsin sweatshirt, and then I switched out of it because I was I was like, the helmet's enough. I can't go helmet and sweatshirt after they just lose those types of games. Only only yeah. after wins do they get the double down of gear. Here's my my, my segue to the conversation. So. Ooh. Wisconsin's offensive coordinator. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. nice. I'm nice. good. Yeah. It's Love good. that. Love Used that. Used to be Send Drake May's offensive coordinator. Now let's go. Let's <laughs> get into it. <laughs> Could he have brought Drake are May with s- him? <laughs> I was going to say, are you saying that Drake May should have transferred to Wisconsin like Russell Wilson <laughs> did one nice. day? Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing, wouldn't it? And how, how, Adam, how was watching Drake May in person? I, I'm glad I saw that. I saw that. I saw that article. I read it, and he, he's something, isn't he? It, it was I, impressive. It, yeah, like a part of me is so used to like, okay, like this is it. They're they're gonna blow it because that's what I'm used to like covering. But then he kept like <laughs> delivering. You yeah. know, like fourth quarter twice, yes. gets the touchdown. Duke scores, twice. comes back oh. in 41 seconds, tie game. And then he does it again in overtime. Like he probably should have ended it in the first overtime if the the receiver catches the ball. I think that's what like lasted with me or, or has stuck with me is that he just kept coming back and making plays in those big moments. That's what I love about him. Uh, yeah, I'm just diving into Drake May might as well. It's uh, there's Drake May watch as long as that Panthers team 
keeps keeps losing these. Speaking of Carolina, keeps uh, losing these games. Uh, to me, he right away. I, I liked him in this class. I do like Caleb Williams too, which we'll talk about. But I thought May was just like the prototype, and he hasn't kind. Of, he's only gotten better since of what I watched him in the spring. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. I remember last year I did the show. We were talking about, you know, the Bears had number one pick with the quarterback prospects. And I said at that time, it was like, none of these guys as prospects were better than what I thought as prospects as fields. I thought I was very high on fields as a prospect. But then I watched May and Dane and I have talked about this. And I kind of said it quasi off air, but like he's going to be one of my highest graded quarterbacks I've ever watched as a prospect. Trevor is probably the 1A, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I did not officially grade Andrew Luck. That was, I was still in college. So, uh, but I did watch Andrew Luck and that would probably be the easy 1A for all that. But May is going to be probably right after Trevor for me. And Fields I had pretty high, but I just think he's the perfect kind of one of those prospects with size, athleticism, arm strength, be able to accuracy all three levels, like be able to layer throws over the middle, which I'm sure you probably saw a couple of those. Like some of his, those 15 to 25 yard throws over the middle are some of the most impressive throws you'll see. And those are NFL throws when people talk about that. But I, I love how just aggressive he is. Like you said, like he just keeps coming back early in the season. He made a couple he had a couple of heat check mistakes where they're up like two or three scores and he's trying to do a little too much. And then it's kind of cool to see him after those mistakes. It's not like he gets super conservative. He's like, I'm gonna keep. I'm keep going. I'm gonna just keep shooting threes. <laughs> you guys, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I just missed a couple, but I'm just gonna keep at it. But that aggressiveness and just that controlled aggressiveness is just so it's so what's so awesome about him. But I, I'm a huge fan, and I'm glad. Kind of like he's only just gotten better every week, and I think he's just the epitome of a quarterback prospect. So, how, so how you, I've definitely like, go ahead. Well, I've just I've definitely seen more of Caleb Williams to this point yeah. than Drake. But you know, I think the thing that sometimes especially in the past like five, six weeks or whatever it's been with Caleb. Like I just, I see some of the similar issues that we seen with Justin here about holding on to the ball. I mean, he's incredible and he's special. He does yep. all these amazing yep. things. There's no question about it, but like there's still that similar problem that it's when I'm watching him, I'm just sort of struggling with that because I'm like, that's the problem the bears have. And if Justin could just get past that, he'd probably be fine. And Oh, by the way, he's also a lot smaller than Justin Fields. Where does Drake May come in? Like, does he seems more of more of a polished pocket passer yep. than Caleb Williams, who also can still move. Obviously, not to the same level, but he, he seems like he's he can move fine. Yeah, for the Bears especially, that's why I wouldn't like Caleb as much with them as like uh, as to me, like you said, those issues. I, I think the sack stuff is a real thing. Some of it is the offense, and it's kind of. Underrated factoid is that Cliff Kingsbury is not the offense coordinator at USC right now. It's like that should be kind of noted a few more times when we're talking about Caleb Williams <laughs> and kind of what's going on the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, those blemishes are, are have kind of really they're huge warts that everyone's kind of noticing. Like how much can he do from the pocket? There's so much when he is just straight dropping back and he's holding on to the ball and it seems one and done read and then one and done read and then get into creation mode. A lot of college quarterbacks are like that. And sometimes the NFL, we've talked about this on the show, going like one and done and then you create. But the times that he has opportunities to progress, he's not. And that's where, okay, is that the offense or is that you? And that's that's what I've been just really trying to figure out. But I still like him because of what you said, some of the gifts, how he could throw on the move. Fields is 20 pounds heavier. Fields probably runs a 40.2 faster. Caleb probably is a 4.6-ish guy. 
you know, mid four six, high four six, but he also has excellent contact balance. Um, he's, I would say, uh, obviously his biggest strength is his ability to throw off platform, the quick throwing motion, but the processing and figuring it all out. That's why I'm still trying to discern. So for bears fans, it's kind of, yeah, it's a little like, well, isn't that the exact same thing we got? Uh, but while I, I think what's cool with may is that some of that he can get into creation mode too. And I think that's, what's kind of cool for maybe an offense. That's maybe it's a different flavor. Like, uh, I think that's what I was trying to push back on early in the year. Everyone's like, well, Caleb's creation stuff is so exceptional. But then it's like, yeah, but Drake's is very good too. So, you know, Drake, like why it's not like, it, it's not like it's a huge difference to overcome like them as prospects or to, you know, to Trump, that's the Trump card. It's like may can do that as well, as well as being such a, a much better pocket passer and processor. And I think more consistently accurate than Caleb has been right now. Yeah. I think that's what surprised me most about, May when I saw him live, it's spinning out of a sack and making a fourth down completion. It's it's that two point conversion where he doesn't like the read he's getting, even though they got the numbers advantage, you know, to to his right. So he pumps, steps back into the pocket. Like you look like he looks like he's about to scramble, but there's no hole there. But then he just flips it, you know, over the defense, wide open, tight end in the back of the end zone. Game basically won, you know, off after a defensive stop. But I didn't know he had that much in his game. It's it's like a yeah. one yard run, and then like, oh, I'm getting tackled. I'm gonna pitch it back to my running back, who's gonna gain 15 more yards. I didn't know he had that in his game. He had a left handed touchdown against Pitt, so that was that was like as he's getting tackled, he switches to his left hand, and he throws it left handed for a touchdown, and that was like two plays after he threw like a. 28 yard over ball in between three guys. And so it, he's got all the clubs. And it's like, and I, I, I keep getting on these shows and or really it's just with prospects of pros with Dane Brugler and talking about Drake. And it's just like, it's hard not to gush about him because he does the processing stuff is good because like what they do in the offense, but it's like, we need to see that creation and he does it. And on top of it, it's those athletic gifts. That's the, that's the eraser is the traits. And that's why maybe sometimes someone talking about Caleb, it's like, Oh, he can do all the creation. It's like, but he's 214, 215, and he might not be a rare speed guy, more just good. And that's where I get a little worried when I'm looking at it's not the same exact thing, but watching Bryce Young and seeing they're totally different. Caleb was a little bit bigger, but Bryce Young's game was creation. And we see that so much of it when his athletic gifts are, you know, below average or even worse, that there's not a lot to get out of. Like he just doesn't have that ability to. If someone makes a mistake up front or someone runs the wrong route, he just doesn't can't overcome that physically. And that's where it worries me with Caleb's at times is that it's like he doesn't have that overwhelming physical gift. It's more just good. And but I think May, on the other hand, has very good, if not excellent in some areas, because he's very fast. <laughs> like he's a great scrambler. Dane had a great stat that he's one he's the most efficient scrambler in the country. And also like yeah, the creation mode and all that. So just gushing about Drake May, but on the top of this class is very offensive driven. So it's actually re- setting up really nice for Bears, no matter what the consolation prize might be if they don't do quarterback. But it's it's kind of setting up okay. It may look well, very but- comfortable like in the in the pocket too. So sorry, yeah. Adam. Like when I went to, to South Bend to watch Caleb Williams too, and I felt like very good defense. Obviously, the, the blitzes got to him, but he was. Leaving early, like wasn't comfortable navigating maybe some of the the muddiness in the in the pocket. Where mm-hmm. I felt like May would would stick a, stick in there a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen and that. They're both tough, yeah. And, but yeah, no May May almost is scary. So like he has that like I'm gonna just hang in here and take a shot. 
I, I, I compliment both these guys is that they're tough, competitive guys. I thought the Caleb like crying thing was more like, hey, that's actually good because he cared. Like this guy could just totally blow off these losses. <laughs> He's going to the NFL. And the fact that he actually cared, I actually liked. Uh, but May is uh, Dane has the younger brother theory. Because he he's the youngest of all these athletic brothers that he just got beat up on his whole life. So he is tough as hell. And he'll sit in that pocket and fire down the field, which is, again, needed. You don't want the guy bailing in, in the NFL right now. We've looked at how these offensive lines are. So, before you know, as we kind of bring this back to Justin a little bit, I want to bridge yep. the gap in time with, you know, you mentioned earlier last year's quarterback class. The Bears did have the number one pick before they traded it. What do you make of what cj stroud is doing right now if i remember right did he end up being your number one quarterback last year yeah over bryce young and and yeah but but you have to be a little bit surprised too here because like you said like you still you we were all sort of in agreement on this last year like justin would still be the number one quarterback of this class so like how is this coming together with cj stroud because all of a sudden here in chicago bears fans are like yeah wait a minute maybe maybe (laughs) we should have kept that number one pick I, I get that. I no, I was Stroud was my one A. I, I liked Richardson as well. Like that was kind of it was like what flavor did you want? Did you want the super polished guy or did you want the the freak that could be a top end guy? I think what Stroud's shown right now is like he hit the ground running, which was kind of like it was cool to see. I knew his floor would be pretty high. Um some of the creation's been even more I, I always thought he got underrated with the things that these guys are gonna get glo- I mean, just picked apart throughout this process. I mean, you hear me with Caleb right now. Um, but was, oh, his arm strength, his creation ability. And I always just saw it. Like I watched games. I watched him against Northwestern. I watched him in other games where he was doing that Iowa, Michigan. And I watched him do the like the creation and pushing the ball down the field. And everyone's like, oh, that's just Marvin Harrison making a play. It's like he's lost at 45 yards on a line drive. Like that's arm strength, guys. Like what are we talking about here? I think the offense coordinator, Bobby Sloak, is doing an exceptional job in, in Houston right now. That does help. I also think they have uh, more dudes up front, even with some of the injuries. And now that they've gotten healthy, you've seen how this offense looks the last couple of weeks. So I do think they have more horses up front that help. But it's it's a perfect offense, and he's just been way better than I think anyone anticipated. And I was a big fan. I think that's what it's hard with this is that you're looking at them as prospects, and that's what it's like the threshold or the the range of outcomes. Like, I thought Fields has a bit, a star potential. He did have bust potential. I thought Stroud had very little bust potential, but maybe that not that high-end star potential. But it's like, well, that 8% or 10%, I thought he could hit star. It looks like he's already going there, and that happens. I, that's why you're just making these bets. But, I, yeah, I really liked him, but he's just – it's the perfect offense for him. Um, we see those Shanahan-type offenses get like, excel with less talented players. And now you drop in the number two pick, and it's like, oh, that's what it looks like uh, uh, with that type of offense and this type of guy going with it. Beyond May and, and Williams, are there any other quarterbacks that, that you're looking at maybe as a as mid first round, late first round? Like, what what do you think of JJ McCarthy, for example? Yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a QB. There's a lot of like, there's about seven eight guys that are more like day two types to me in like early fourth round types, as opposed to a true f- late first round. I think McCarthy's making the best case, but then McCarthy again is 195. I'm big on QB weight. If you guys can't tell, because if you look it up, there's not a lot of quarterbacks under 210 that have succeeded in the NFL outside of like Lamar coming out and like Mike Vick and like Mark, uh, Mark Bolger, I think was the other one. I think I've ta- brought this stat up before. Mark Bolger. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark Bolger was like a sub 210 quarterback that succeeded, but it's, 
I get a little scared with that because how the pocket works, they get pulled down. They try to create, they can't bounce off the guys injuries. We see how many quarterback injuries happen right now. Um, So like, I like him. I see some talent. I see him as a, I see some accuracy with him. I still see him as a day two guy. And, but he would probably, he's in contention with QB three. Like I, was coming around on Tower Van Dyke, and then he gets hurt and gets benched from Miami. Um, it's like it's impossible to anoint these guys. Daniels from LSU is making a nice case, but again, he's two two hundred pounds, dripping wet. Not an exceptional exceptional athlete, more like pretty good, even though he has the rushing yards. Um, but again, day two type guy. So what I originally looked at is like, wow, there might be six guys that creep into the first round. To me, looks more like it's a one a or it's a it's a one, it's a two. And then there's a, a tier or two drop off and then a bunch of more interesting type guys that may be like, oh, no, there's three guys that are bonafide first rounders. All right. Now, the uh, the the Justin Fields supporters um, are probably wanting to drive off the road right now as they listen <laughs> to this because they're they're probably saying, well, wait a minute. This right. guy's still on the team. He's still got seven games to go here. We're you know, that's the assumption that he's playing this week. Um, your Fields guy. We've all been yeah. fields guys here. Um, what what can still be salvaged here in seven games? Where are you at on Justin Fields compared to you know those quarterbacks we just spent sixty minutes talking about? Right. I I still I don't like Fields or Caleb as overwhelmingly more than Fields as far as just the athletic traits. Even though I like Caleb more as a thrower, but I do think May is a better prospect than Fields. So it's like I think that if that decision came down, it's like you got to take May. But I say, if we're just talking about the rest of this year with Fields, there are some glimmers of like actually coming around and figuring this out. I do think that some of the offensive line kind of <laughs> churning uh, has kind of like, okay, finally maybe settled a little bit. I, I've watched the Bears the last two weeks. I texted you, Adam, and I was just like, okay, yeah. like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, they're doing good stuff on defense, which I'm actually very interested in watching more of. So that's that's good signs. And then watching this offensive attack the last couple of weeks, the pockets aren't instantly falling apart, which is encouraging. Uh, we see DJ Moore making plays. We're seeing guys like Tyler Scott getting involved. Uh, we're seeing the running backs get sorted out and healthier. Hopefully, Khalil Herbert's coming back soonish. Did he play? Or soonish. 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 Yeah. Uh, Offensive line figuring out their guys. You know, Wright's had some up and downs, but he's going to be fine. He's uh, Braxton Jones, all that, all those types of guys. So why I'm saying all that, the supporting cast, I think that matters more to how we assume how Fields looks or uh, assess how Fields looks because, of course, there's that Commanders game. And that was the first time I've really seen – one of the few times I've seen Fields, it's like, that was a workable pocket. Like that was He was able to actually play quarterback in a game, and it was encouraging to see. So I think with Fields, it's just it's all about throwing the ball. It's all about limiting mistakes. He still can't have 14% sack rate or wherever he's at. If he can get into that 10% range, okay, we're working with something. But I do think there was more glimmers of hope than there's ever been and more sustainability. Uh, but I just, again, it's just all about consistency with him. It just can't be the classic Bucks game from this year. Two good plays, one catastrophic mistake. So now the guy making some of those mistakes, Chase Claypool is gone. Uh, but it's just like you can't like you can't have that it has to be consistent. That's something you can build around because guys like Drake may show, hey, they're always coming up and being consistent already. So I don't know. I, I have been encouraged a little bit by fields, but it just hasn't been that overwhelming. Like, oh, yeah, we're good here. You know, so it's it's all about limiting mistakes with him. I, I've seen glimmers of all the positives, but it's just it's all about limiting sacks, limiting turnovers. Is it fair that 
like that this is the storyline now, that this seven games is it. Like put up or shut up time. And like, is that fair? He's coming off a dislocated thumb. Right. He's missed four weeks. He's opening against the Detroit Lions, one of the best teams in the NFC. Like, is this fair, like in its entirety? Or, or do you do you have to look at the two? You know, like, what are you looking for exactly in these seven yeah. games, I guess? Yeah. It's what it looks like after seven games. It's not how this first performance look or even the second performance. It's hopefully he's playing all seven of these games and looking at it by then. Okay. How do you look against the Lions? I think they play the Lions twice in three weeks or, yeah. or coming up. Okay, how does he look against both of those matchups? How does he look up in a matchup that the Bears maybe are more equally facing? You know, not a, a, such a strong team like the Lions. Like, is it a team that does there a game matchup where he goes against a weak defense and that he puts up three bills and a couple touchdowns? Like, does he actually look like a dude? Um, so that's why I think you have to look at all seven games. It's honestly, it's much like scouting a prospect. Like, really, it's how does he look like against overwhelmed competition, equal competition, a competition that they are the the inferior team? And how does he perform that? If he's lifting up this team and being a positive player, it's like, that's what we want to see. But again, it's just the mistakes. So that's it's seven games. I'm going to look at it after all seven games. I'm sure the Bears personnel execs are. But I don't think it's just I want to say to Bears fans, don't get so up and down week to week with it. Uh, But it is I. I think it's kind of fair because I think the situation looks a little better than it ever has for him to kind of get dropped in outside the thumb, of course. But I'm just talking about the surrounding circumstances where I'm like, okay, we can maybe see where we don't have to make an excuse for every bad play. You know, I don't have to come on here and go like, well, the receiver fell down. Oh, the play call. Oh, two guys ran the wrong route. It's like, okay, maybe we can actually see some competency around him so we can actually assess Justin Fields in kind of a somewhat neutral situation. Right. If Tyson Bajan can go two and two. Like right. you should be able to Correct. to win games. Like that's what I'm looking at. Like that's it. Win football it's, games. I'm trying to think. Okay, so they go they go Lions, Vikings. Vikings would be an interesting one too. Vikings yeah. is a great test because how much blitzing they bring and how much drop eight they bring. That well, um, and he already that's like that's the game he got hurt in and yeah. they were struggling against and that was kind of what kicked off this nice five week run the Vikings have been on with right. all of a sudden Brian Flores in the defense. I mean they're 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 like top five in a lot of different categories and. Uh, they, this is actually why compliment to Stroud and also what Flores does and what he did to like Derek Carr, what Flores is doing is min maxing, which is just that he's bringing everybody or he's dropping everybody. And what that does to a quarterback, it makes them have to make the right decision over and over and over quickly because it's either pressure. Okay. I'm going to get hit and I have to go to ball, right, right place, or it's drop eight. It's funky. Look. And then it can become a coverage sack. Brock Purdy got hit with a coverage sack against this Vikings team when they dropped eight. And it's just, it makes you make the right decision again because usually drop eight's really good against quick game. Bears will run some quick game. And so, like, they flood the body lanes. It's like a two, three zone. Like, you're like, okay, all these arms are in the way. So, usually I have to hit it over the top. And so, you have to trust yourself. Oh, I got a second. Take a deep breath. Okay, progress. So, it makes guys play quarterback. If you watch how Derek Carr played against this defense, he had no answers. He was just panicking throughout the game. It was just falling apart. And then what I was going to say compliment Stroud was Lou Anarumo was trying to get Stroud with that stuff in their game, the Bengals defensive coordinator. And Stroud did a, Stroud's really good against the Blitz, which is like, okay, another encouraging sign. Sorry, just listing out all this, some of these Stroud <laughs> compliments too. But that's if, why I'm saying all this. That is, And that's like going to be two weeks, hopefully. He's going to have this week and then next week that he can – that thumb could feel better. That's a great test of how he's playing quarterback and not just running around and being an athlete and just a big play merchant. 
And so I think that's going to be a really interesting test. And then the Browns game will be, uh, let's put a pin on that. But then the Cardinals would be a great game. Talking about an inferior opponent. Okay, maybe do you have your way against them? Do you put up a bu- bunch of numbers there? And then they got the Falcons. Their defense has been wavering the last few weeks. Can you scramble around on them and create some plays there? So I actually think this seven-week subset is perfect. Two couple of awesome defenses, two kind of like lines that are pretty frisky defenses, and then some a couple of inferior defenses that we can kind of see the whole sample size. Well, and, and here's what's fascinating to me about the next seven weeks. 0-4 in the next four games is not off the table. I mean, you had two games against the Lions, one against the yep. Vikings who are playing better, and then you got to yep. go to Cleveland with, against that defense. Is, like this is compared to what Tyson Bajant just went through, where he went through right. went two and two. Like this is this is a, somewhat of a gauntlet. Yep. And then, depending on how those four weeks go, you got tough organizational decisions to make because do you then want to lose to the Cardinals instead of right. you know like depending right. on where they're at. The, the week 18 against the Packers, that could be draft positioning between those two teams right. as well. You know, so uh, it lightens up with three winnable games in the last three weeks. But then all of a sudden, if you're 0-4 in these first four, I'm not sure you want to win those games. So it could be, I think where I stand on it is these next four weeks are huge for Justin Fields. It's not necessarily fair that he's playing tougher teams, but dude, this is the NFL. This is year it's three. The NFL. That's... Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta find a way to play well against these teams, yeah. even if you don't necessarily win the games. Yeah, I, I, I usually use that in both ways. About oh, it's the NFL, where people are like, well, oh, they beat up on this backup and so and so. It's like good. You want to see the good teams beat up when they have an advantage. You don't want to see them let them hang in and everything. So that's why – but also on the flip side, it's like, oh, it's the NFL. You're, you're facing against another tough opponent. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, imagine if you're in an AFC North right now and you're playing P.J. Walker. And it's like, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Like, you have to play. Like, and, and But you were the top – you were a first-round pick. Like, I can make an excuse for Desmond Ritter – in the Falcons, he's a third rounder. Like much easier right. to make an excuse for him. Okay, if he doesn't, if he doesn't show up, yeah, he's a third rounder. But if CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, number one, number two, or Justin Fields, number eleven, I believe, number eleven, like those. This is why you got drafted that high. You got to be a dude. This is why Mac Jones is going through his shit in New England is because it's like you're supposed to help and overcome these mistakes that others are making. You're supposed to carry us. Um, that's the classic win because of or win with. And I think that's what I think Drake May is a guy is that you win because of. And I think this is a great assessment. It's like is Fields can pull off one of these where it's like you're the reason why we won this game. And that's what you want to see out of one of these bonafide dudes. So on November 14th at 7, 730 a.m. your time, what is your gut telling you? Like what how does this play out for Fields? What do the Bears maybe have ahead of them come to draft? I think. That they that they're gonna break off from Fields, my gut instinct after the season. I think that this is the break that this regime gets their guy, quote unquote. And but I do don't think this is the end of Fields' career though. I think Fields will get another chance somewhere. And I but I think that right now, gut instinct November fourteenth. That's how I feel about how where this is all going, especially if they get the number one pick, because I think. While Caleb Williams, and you've heard me kind of talk about him, I'm like kind of wishy-washy. I'm like, is that a true, true upgrade? I don't know. Maybe one in the hand, two in the bush kind of thing. But it's like, but with a guy like May, 
it's like if you have the number one pick, it's like that's that's a dude to me. That is a guy. That's easy. That is my number, probably my number two quarterback prospect after Trevor Lawrence. That I've watched over Joe Burrow, like over Herbert, over Stroud, over Richardson, over all these guys I really like. So Fields, I had Fields really high. Fields in my top five probably if I, in the last decade. I think probably number five. It's but May's one of those guys that's like you. Yeah, you take him no matter what, and you figure it all out. But I think if you don't have that number one pick or May isn't the number one pick, that's where it becomes really interesting to me, at least, um, because there is a lot of loaded other talent. But so I would say gut instinct that this is probably, you know, there might be a clean break happening in a few weeks. Sorry. There you <laughs> I want to be yeah, wrong, I, but. <laughs> I, I think if we're all being honest here, that's probably how we all feel. I mean, yeah. I mean, Adam Johnson. It was nice to say it out loud. Chapel Hill yeah. on a weekend. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I spent the weekend away from my family and off weekend. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> to go so we, know we're at, we, we know where John's falls the, on this. The article came across my timeline and I was like, who wrote that? And, then, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But I was glad you, I read it and I was just like, yeah, no, everything how you're describing me it was just like, yeah, he's, he's kind of a dude. He's kind of really awesome and really fun. And he's got to kind of have that thing to him where he's winning games. Carolina is ranked in winning all these games because of him. Like it's like it's it's like he's carrying that team play after play. How good do you think Alabama would be right now if he stayed there? Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I it's oh, he'd be so good, <laughs> so good. Like you'd be talking about him like probably oh, yeah. surefire number one. Like especially oh, it'd be, in, be yeah. close. Bryce Young got the number one pick being at Bama. If they went for Bryce Young and they watched Drake May, everyone would be like, oh, oh shoot, oh, <laughs> that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, I'm glad others are coming around because when I had him as my number one guy in the summer, I was getting, oh my God, people are just like, oh, you're trying to be a hipster. I'm like, just wait, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> trying just, to be just a wait. hipster. <laughs> oh, I get, I, get, uh, I get that accusation all the time. Oh, you're just trying to go against the grain and be a football hipster. It's like, okay, once in a while, yeah. Once in a while, yeah, don't get me wrong. But most of the times, it's just like, I'm actually saying this for a reason. I'm not going to throw this out here because I know how you guys act if I say something wrong. I got ridiculed for saying that Fields 3,000 yards would be a good good passing season for Fields. And I still feel good about that comment coming on this show. He was on pace, easily <laughs> on pace before he got hurt. I, I mean, know. That, that's part of what's being forgotten in this conversation. Also, what's being yeah. forgotten in the college football season because I think John's fell, just fell victim to it. By the way, Alabama's still really good. They're 9-1. and one. They've won eight games in a row. <laughs> like, since they lose game. one game and everyone's like, oh, Bama's having a bad year. Like, they're still they're not, outstanding. What style points? The, <laughs> it's uh, unbelievable. I'll, we don't know how the computers will rank them, the BCS. <laughs> right. It's great. Nate, love having you on the show as always. Thanks for jumping on today. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Also, shout out to that Bears defense. I'm telling you guys, they're doing good stuff. I, I, it's yeah. It's I'm I'm very excited to keep watching them the rest of the year. It's coming. It's coming around. All right, Nate. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Thanks, Nate. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Call one eight hundred Directv. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Adam, to uh, kind of continue this conversation about what Justin Fields is facing, can I give you some stats? Yes. Detroit Lions. They rank 15th in passing defense. Opposing quarterbacks have an 88.3 average passer rating against them. The Minnesota Vikings, where are they? 23rd in pass defense, 90.9 passer rating. Now we know they blitz a lot, so that's going to be a test. Then we have the Lions again. Cleveland Browns. I think this is why (laughs) they didn't want to highlight them too much. The best passing defense in the league. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging a 55.5 completion percentage. They've allowed only nine touchdown passes against nine interceptions. That's outstanding. The opposing quarterback rating, 72.7. Quarterbacks are averaging 151.1 passing yards against the Browns. And then you got the Cardinals. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. Those are some numbers. Cardinals are 16th in passing defense. The Falcons, where are you at? Ooh, I'm moving up the list here a little bit here. Nope, going back down. I can't find them. My eyes aren't working well this morning. <laughs> well, the point is the Bears. Well, yes. what is your point? I, I think the point is I, I think you're going to have some tough challenges for Justin Fields. They're going to have to be put into context, but – like like he said, like Nate Dice said, like go be a dude. You know? And yeah. sometimes being a dude is playing complimentary football. It's limiting your sacks, limiting your turnovers, and then making those plays, those big plays on third downs or whenever you you need them in those key moments in games. So we're gonna figure out a lot about Justin Fields over these next seven weeks, I think. Yeah, I mean the 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 one way to look at it is it's not easy, and if you want to make excuses for him, you can. The other is if he balls out these next four games, you probably have your answer. Because here's what I would say. I mean, the the Lions' defense isn't necessarily great, but they're a good team. And it's good. Those You know, you might be playing from behind. You probably will be playing from behind, and that's not going to make things easy. Uh, and you got to do that twice. The Vikings, you said they were 23rd passing. I guarantee if you look at the last five weeks, they're way higher. I mean, EPA 
EPA defensively, I think they're number five in all of football over the last five or six weeks. Um, they, they've been they've been a lot better recently, and um, it's been pretty impressive. Especially you consider they lost Kirk Cousins in there. So uh, credit to Brian Flores, and then obviously the Browns are really good. So it's it's going to be tough. You get a bye week in there in the middle, which will maybe help. And if there's any lingering effects with that thumb. You know, maybe that that helps the healing process. But, uh, you know, especially if he's not 100% and he plays well these next four weeks, again, I, I, I think you might have your answer. But as we talked about with Nate there towards the end, too, I mean, if you're doing, like, win probability or some type of analytics to this, like, the win probability of Justin Fields remaining the quarterback at this point, it's like, what, I don't know, 27%? Yeah, I think one way to put it is, do you think he has to change their minds already? Them um, being Brian Poles, maybe even a Matt Eberflus, those who work with Ryan Poles. So the way you worded that question is suggesting that they've, in their minds, they're already moving on. Correct. You know, I, I, I think... Yes, I, 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 I don't think it's a done deal. But we know the Bears are doing more than their due diligence on these quarterbacks already. You have to. And so whether it's changing their minds or just proving... Um, proving something... Like yes, he's got he's got work to do, and I'm going to reiterate this, guys. It's it's in the Bears' best interest, regardless that Justin Fields plays well down the stretch. There's no Mark Carmen argument that it's it's better to have him struggle, and then you have your then you know your answer for sure because it, it, it doesn't help you trade him if you're trying to trade him. The best thing for the Bears is that Justin Fields balls out, whether that's keeping him or Trading him. Yeah. And if but he there's balls no out, win to me if he struggles. Yeah. And if he balls out, that means you're going to win some more football games. And I, that's meaningful for a rebuilding team. I'm on the record saying this multiple times. The best case scenario is still on the table for the Bears, and that is Justin Fields playing well. And the Bears then drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. and Joe Alt, left tackle from Notre Dame. Like that is still your best case scenario. More blue chip players and a quarterback who's earned your confidence and potentially a fifth year option. Yeah. I mean, and, and then there's those that are going to say, no, the best thing is to lose out, get a higher draft pick, reset the organization again, make sure the head coach gets fired. Um, I'm not saying that that argument, I'm going to completely dismiss it, but. I, I don't think that's the best case scenario. I don't see how it could be. And you don't have to tank right now because you have the Panthers pick. I still think there's something to be said for learning how to win some of these games. And, as Nate said, and I agree with him, that Bears defense is going to keep you in games. Like, that's the interesting part of this is there's going to be some close games for Justin Fields. To win, like yeah. everyone's bringing up his his overall record. I like this record that the Bears are two and nine 
in one-score games under Matt Eberflus. One of those wins belongs to Tyson Bajan. The other belongs to Justin Fields. That means nine of those losses. You know what I mean? Like, go win some close ball games. Well, and 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 I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if this game this week is one of those. Like Justin Fields, you have the ball down. Maybe it's even eight. It's not a great situation, but you have the ball fourth quarter. What can you do? And those are if you're if you're Ryan Poles right now, those are the situations where you want to evaluate. And yes, it's a different level, but can you go out and do what Adam John just saw Drake May do multiple times? Four times. times. Yeah. So, um, got a lot to still decide this season, that's for sure. And uh, this week, we'll be back on Thursday to break down the preview of the Detroit Lions. A little weird that it's already week 11, first time playing the Lions. And you get them... Twice in three weeks. Yeah, but technically four because the bye week's in there. But yes. Yes. Uh, Before we get out of here, though, we got to get to the voicemails from... Boy, it seems like a while ago now. But that Panthers game last week. Just a beautiful uh, display of football, I thought. (laughs) Across the board. We'll see what the voicemailers had to say. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Gap, John Z. Bates, Bob Dabrowski here, uh, reporting live from a presumably Soldier Field, but you wouldn't know because the Bears gave away Panther-colored uh, towels for, for whatever reason. Just the worst goddamn-run organization in the history of organizations. Anyway, we got uh, the Bears tonight playing the Panthers, and I'm 51% sure that the Bears are going to win or lose. Um, you know, Coach Eberfuss has, has got his finger on the pulse there, and, you know, we got Tyson Bajant. Another football game. Let's go, Tyson. And, hey, must-win game, Super Bowl this week. Put the Panthers in the cellar, get the number one overall pick. Trade away, Marvin Harris. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Let's go, Bears. Hogan Johns, I'm at Soldier Field right now. Amir Smith-Marset just ran back a touchdown. Are you kidding me right now? I hate this guy, dude. Why does he hate us so much? Like, oh, my God. I can't take this. I swear to God. First quarter down. Bears playing like Al Michaels announcing. We are through one quarter of football, and all I can say is Bears passing game, horrible. Bears tackling, pitiful. And a f***ing special teams punt return from Amir Smith f***ing Marset. What the f*** is going on? It's so cool seeing an all-pro center on TV. Oh, that's right. That's just Jason Kelsey. We don't have one. Hey, listen, Hogue. May not be getting over on the amount of times they uh, referenced quality of play, but we're in the middle of the second quarter, and they're not even talking about the game anymore. So... 
I think you get the win on that. Hey, boys. It's Matt Eberfuss here. It's 10-6 at halftime, but don't worry. We're real close. We just got to get one more good week of practice, and I'm sure we can take on the next team and have a real close battle. Nothing like hanging your old hat on something, am I right? Kill me. Kill me. Just kill me. Floose on the sidelines doing his Mr. Burns impression saying we got things up our sleeves. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, y'all. It's the eternal optimist here once again. And full disclosure, I smoked a fat split before this game. So, you know, bear with me here. But uh, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, did you guys see Connor Bedard out there tonight? Uh, four points in total. And uh, the team won. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I think, you know, we have a lot to be optimistic about as, as Blackhawks fans. Oh, wait. Wrong show. Sorry, guys. Montez Sweat, $100 million. He doesn't have to get a sack. All he has to do is just mess up that outline. That's all he did all night, baby. Defense wins championships. Offense can win games. Deontay Foreman, 80 yards, touchdown. Bear down, baby. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. Let's get a touchdown and beat them by 10. Bear down. Oh, I love B-Man's optimism, as always. We got some things up our sleeve, so. Yep, up the sleeve. <laughs> that comment went too viral. Come on, you know he's just talking about blitzing Kyler Gordon. We got some things up our sleeve, so. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. The one word that stands out to me is complimentary football. One word, baby. All right, um... Good show. Love having Nate on. Good quarterback talk today. Any final thoughts? No, no. Which quarterback should I go see next? Mr. College Football. Um, J.J. McCarthy? That's the plan, actually. That is the plan. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to go figure out what to do with myself now. I don't have practice to go to. No, I st- oh, I still have to go downtown. And Cole Komet's on CHGO today. Nothing okay. that does nothing for you. <laughs> I was trying no? to think of something clever, <laughs> but I had nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> we got a lot to talk to Cole about. We haven't talked to him about uh, since the Saints game when he made those two great oh, touchdown okay. catches. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot one, to get to with Cole. So of his career. Yeah. Um, I have a hot take on that. I actually liked his second touchdown better. Because I loved how he sold the block and then sh- just tossed that guy off him. And then he was wide, wide open. Um, so we'll talk to Cole about that. Even if you don't watch us live on CHGO, you can always find the uh, podcast on the CHGO Bears feed as well. Thanks to Nate Tice for joining us today. Again, follow us on Twitter at Hogan Johns. Go to HoganJohns.com for all the merch. Thank you to Obvious Shirts for powering that. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Break down the very, very good and entertaining Detroit Lions. I'm kind of excited for this game. Yeah, it should be a revenge game. Oh, yeah, there's that. It's weird how Greg Braggs Jr. hasn't been tweeting incessantly about how David Montgomery can't run the ball more than 20 yards. Yeah, like an 85-yard touchdown. touchdown run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I think he's got two of those this year. I don't know. It's just weird how I haven't been seeing those tweets this year. Love you, Greg. We'll be back on Thursday. See ya. We see what was up your sleeve, or I don't know what's up yours. Hey, hey. hey, football fans! This is Diana Rossini from the Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.